0: Good evening, Kingdom Vineyard. It is lovely to see you guys tonight. Uh, I'm Maddie, I'm one of the voluntary pastoral assistants here at Kingdom Vineyard, um, and I work mainly with the kids and youth. Okay, to get started. Um, I want to give you guys a bit of a recap before we get into today's passage. We have been journeying through the book of Genesis over the past couple of months. In the beginning, we had God creating everything quickly followed by the fall of humanity. I used to think of the fall as only the story of Adam and Eve, but as we have seen as we've gone through the first 11 chapters of Genesis, their eating of the fruit was just the beginning of a downward spiral that led us to today's passage. Throughout these chapters, we have seen sin try to take hold of God's good creation. Breaking down our relationships with one another and leading us to believe we can define good and evil for ourselves instead of trusting God. In today's passage, we are going to see the fall story through the Babel builders. And we are going to look at the people who did not submit themselves to God's plan for them. For you note takers, my main point that I want you to take away from this passage today is to make sure. That we have a good relationship with God. Um, so now, my friend Grace is gonna come up and she is gonna read Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 in the NIV translation. So, that mic? You can take your mask off. Ooh. Ooh. Turn around this
1: way. Okay, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over all the earth, and they stopped the building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Thank you.
0: For any of you guys that have your own Bibles, I recommend you keep them out. I'm going to be going through kind of line by line of this passage, unpacking it, stopping every once in a while to reflect on what it means for us today. Um, So today's passage shows how we went from Noah's family, who all spoke the same language, to all the nations speaking their own languages. To explain how this happened, we focus on a group of Noah's descendants who came to a place called Shinar and settled there. This land is in the Euphrates River Valley and this plan, plain, sorry, is where we later find the kingdom of Babylon. People settled in this valley to build a city and a tower. Now, you don't typically find stones for building in a river valley So they used the available clay that they had to make bricks. The normal process for making bricks at that time was to lay them to dry in the sun. But in verse three, we see that the bricks the Babel builders um, made, they baked them thoroughly. This made a better brick, something that was more durable and stronger for building. These people were innovative and resourceful making new technology that helped them build their tower. Now in today's culture, we have a bit of a love-hate relationship when it comes to technology. There are so many wonderful things that have come out of technology, but there have also been things that have been really harmful. For example, social media has allowed me to stay connected with my family that's all the way over in America, but it has also been used to stir things like hatred and anger. Um, technology in itself is not necessarily good or bad. Like we have seen in countless times and in countless stories throughout the Bible, it is more about where our heart is. As we continue on to verse four, we see the heart behind this technology. It says, Then they came, they, they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city. With a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves; otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. All this is done to make a name, um, to make their name great, and avoid being scattered over the earth. They care more about their own reputation than giving glory to God. If you're anything like me, the second reason they give for why they built the tower might have puzzled you. So let's unpack it. Why was it that they did not want to be scattered over the face of the whole earth? Um, Where did this idea of scattering even come from? Let us cast our eyes back to Genesis chapter nine. Noah and his family have just gotten off of the ark after the flood. In 9, verse 1, it says, Then God blessed Noah's son, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the earth. A command to his people that echoes the command from creation in Genesis chapter 1, 28. God has made it clear that he wants his people to fill the earth. And to fill the earth, people can't stay in the same spot. They need to go, but the people of Shinar decided that they didn't want to, so they started to build themselves a tower to fortify their positions to not submit to God's plan, and in doing so, they are rivaling God. What we see in the builders of the Tower of Babel is a group of people united, but not united around God, a people trying to build their own reputation rather than God's and a people doing things their own way instead of what God has asked. And so this leads us to some challenging reflections of our own hearts. We need to ask ourselves, am I centering myself around God or something else? Am I seeking the glory of God or my own? Am I submitting myself to God's plan for me or am I trying to go my own way? As we work on these questions, it is to bring us closer to a good relationship with God. In verse five, we read, the Lord came down to see what the people are building. Now, this is not the holy presence of God falling on his people like we we want this evening, but instead the language that they use here that God came is anthropomorphic or personified. Imagine this, there's a child playing. Perhaps she's playing with a toy that she knows she's not supposed to. Um, And she knows that she's doing exactly what her parents told her not to do. And the parents see this and they walk into the room in that super obvious, you know I'm walking into the room kind of way. And the parent doesn't need to say anything to make it clear that they see what the child is doing. There is unspoken communication there. God here is sticking his head into the situation to point out he knows exactly what his people are doing. God sees them building the tower and city, and God knows their hearts. Are there things that we're hoping God doesn't come down and see? If there are, why is it that we don't want to share them with our loving Father? Is it that we know that they aren't good for us? I think that we all have areas of our lives that we'd rather other people and God not see. But the thing is, God already sees, and he loves you. I'm just going to repeat that so it sinks in. God already sees every parts of our lives, and he loves all of us. So, if there are areas of your lives, we should share them with him, because God wants to be there to help us through them. Sharing our lives with God helps us move closer to a good relationship with him. God says in verse 6 that together, we humans can do anything. This is not to say that working together is necessarily bad. God made us social beings. God made us for community. But here in the Tower of Babel, we see the broken side of working together. Um, Where working together brought the people further from God. Working as one has allowed humanity to think that they could do anything and do it without God. As a response, God scatters his people and confuses their language. Now this may seem harsh, but I believe that this is God's mercy. God is protecting the Tower of Babel builders against their own pride and disobedience. Despite speaking the same language and working together to build the city, God knew that his people were not truly united. Sin had broken down the relationships with one another. People cared more about their own relationship, um, their own reputation, than loving God and their neighbors. With all this before God and his infinite wisdom, he decided to create a permanent sever between the people, making them all speak different languages. Not only did God protect his people through confusing their languages, but he also then scattered his people, restoring his plan to fill the earth. And I've got some good news for us today. God is still in the business of graciously protecting us. And it may not look like how we expect. As we look at our own lives, where it might be the doors that God is graciously closing for us. I know I've experienced this in my own life with how I've handled mental illness and coping with anxiety. As I have turned to God in this, I have seen firsthand what it is like to submit myself to God um, and what God says is best for me. And I have seen the consequences of thinking that I know better than God. From a very early on in this process, God made it clear to me that he was going to give me the tools to handle the anxiety that I was facing and that those tools were going to be learning rhythms of rest and Sabbath. Things are going really well with this, but I was about to start six weeks of intense field work in the Canadian Rockies. I knew from speaking to the group that I was going with that I was the only person of faith. This intimidated me because at that time, I did not feel comfortable talking about my faith. I decided I would give myself good opportunity of time with God in the field, but I did not want to make a big deal about my Sabbath, despite that being what God told me to do. For the field work, there were long and intense days. We worked every day, only taking breaks for severe weather, which didn't happen often. Despite my daily time with God, I was becoming more and more miserable and anxious. This was not a good mix for being alone in the Rockies. Eventually, I knew I needed rest, so I convinced the woman in charge to give me a sick day. Looking back, I wish I had listened to God and asked to build Sabbath into my fieldwork. Instead of deciding what was best for me because that decision was based more on what other people thought of me than of what I knew deep down was best for me. After that experience, I took my rest and my Sabbath very seriously. I took time to study, try out, and practice the spiritual disciplines of rest and Sabbath. Then fast forward to December, 2020. As many of you will know, my visa application was rejected. and I had to reapply. During this time of waiting, I was unable to work and unable, sorry, I'm a crier when the Holy Spirit hits me. I was unable to work and I was unable to do my job here as the voluntary pastoral assistant. God seemed to place me in a much needed sabbatical. Almost like an examination from all that I'd learned so far about spiritual disciplines. I decided that I would lean into trust in God, while it was a challenging time because I didn't know when I would rejoin the staff. It was also the best time of my life. I feel healthier and stronger now with dealing with my anxiety, as well as I feel like I have a healthier and stronger relationship with God. While I don't recommend having a visa declined, I do recommend submitting your plans to God and seeing where he leads you, because the only other option is to go at it without God and against what he's doing. Having done that before, I don't recommend it. As we look over the passage from today, the people of Babel disobeyed God, and they had to live with the consequences for that in both the confusion of their language and being scattered. There are real consequences to the decisions we make as they move us closer to God or further away. The amazing thing about God is, and we see this clearly from this passage here today, is that he shows us both love and mercy in these consequences. And at the end of the day, God wants to be in a good relationship with us. I think the correct way to respond to what we've talked about today is is what we've already talked about today, to center ourselves on God, to bring glory to God rather than ourselves, and to submit to God's plan. But how do we do this practically? How do we center ourselves around God, bring him glory, and submit? I think we find the answer in Psalm 24, where it says, Who may climb the mountains of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and heart are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob." These mountains and holy places are the good relationship with God that we've been talking about. and This psalm shows us what we can do. If we want to center our lives around God, then we worship him and not idols. This means God needs to be the center of our gravity, the thing we need to trust more than anything else. An idol, then, is anything anything at all that tries to take that place to bring glory to god we need to seek him and worship in his presence that includes both the sung worship that we did earlier this evening um, and it also includes everything that we do with our lives Every action that we do from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep should be done to give glory to God's goodness. If we want a good relationship with God, then we mustn't tell lies, especially to ourselves. If we lie to ourselves about God being in the center and about who we are glorifying, we will never be able to submit to the plan that God has for us. So, To have this right relationship with God that we've been talking about, we need to worship in his presence, not worship idols, and not tell lies. While this brings us to the end of the passage, it does not bring us to the end of the story. Here we see humanity being separated into nations with their own languages. As we look around today, we know the impact of this and that um, having all the different languages can create frequent barriers to connection, even for those that speak the same language. I know that having grown up learning a different dialect to the native British English here, that I have frequently been misunderstood while I've been here. Um, But there is a hope for us, and that hope is that one day, all of these divisions will be fully healed that day is when Jesus returns, all the barriers will fall, um, and we will stand together, the united body, the church. We see this hope come out alive, we see this hope come alive on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, we read, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there, now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound of the crowd come together in bewilderment, because each one had heard their own language being spoken, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galilean? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? God's heart is for healing, restoration, and new growth. When God gives us a plan, it is for our good, and we should follow it. Genuinely, my best times have been when I've dived headfirst into what God has for me. Is it scary? Yes. But the adventure is so worthwhile for me and all of those around me. So, if you are building your own Towers of Babel, Fortifying yourself against what God is doing, take this as a warning. There are real consequences for when we don't listen. Come, let us go to God. Ask for forgiveness for things that we've gotten wrong. Ask for a reminder of what it is that God is asking us to do. Then do it. If you feel that you don't have the strength, the wisdom, or the confidence, don't worry. It's not through our abilities, but through God's. He gives us the ability, and we give him the availability. Now as we come into land, in today's passage, we have a group of people move into and settle in a valley where they build a city and a tower. They did this to build up their own name and to try and rival God, disobeying his plans for them. God sees what they're doing and is concerned about what they might get themselves into. God shows them mercy by confusing their language and scattering them across the land, showing them consequences for their action while restoring his plan for his people. In all of this, we uh, we are invited to ask ourselves, Where is God in our lives? Is God at the center of all that we do? Or are we trying to fool ourselves into thinking we can hide things from God? In all that we are doing, is it God's plan we are following or our own? And is it God's name we're trying to honor or our own? Are we glorifying God or idols? These are the questions that we need to address to help us have a good relationship with God. As I close, I want to leave you with this challenge once more. In all that we are doing, both individually and as a community, are we submitting to God's plan or are we trying to rival him? So why don't you stand and all pray for us? Heavenly Father, thank you for the good plan that you have for your people and for each of us. I ask that you be the center of all that we do. I ask that you help us to bring you glory, God. Lord, may we have a strong sense of your plan and the courage to do it. And I ask that you bless our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.